0: We all need psychic protection practices. Unfortunately, many of us did not learn these ancestral skills and wisdom. On this week's episode of Tune In With Marcy, I'm exploring the wild, the gnarly, the weird, and extremely important world of psychic protection. I discuss what is psychic protection anyways, and why do we need psychic boundaries? What happens when we don't have psychic boundaries, and what happens when we do? And three ways that we can start to cultivate psychic protection right now. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer Marcy Moberg, and I'm so delighted that you are here today. We are continuing our series focused on unlocking our intuition, where I'm covering some of the foundational ways that we can start to unlock our intuition, some of those kind of foundation pieces that are important for that. And this week, I want to talk to you about the gnarly, weird, incredibly important world of psychic protection which is an area of focus and practice that I am incredibly passionate about and always incorporate into my work. But first, I want to start with a story. So for many years, I traveled to the West Coast to retreat and visit a Buddhist community center. I'm a big retreater, although in this pandemic, of course, that is Uh, definitely changed things for me, but that's been a regular practice of mine for almost all of the 15 years that I have been in DC, not always to Buddhist communities, but different spiritual communities. But this particular retreat center, this particular community is where I traveled a lot and the land and the people there really kind of served as a second home for me most years. And I loved the rural landscape and inevitable, like really interesting encounters that I always have when I visit there with nature. But sleeping was always interesting. And here's why. During my stays, I usually slept in the visitor dorm. And this is a a building that's separate from the main house on the property. And I had many strange encounters in this building. Some nights I heard loud noises in the tool storage area underneath, almost like someone was rummaging around, and I passed it off as one of the community members late at night remembering something they needed for the next day's project. Other times I was convinced that I was being watched, which is never a nice feeling. I felt a male presence, and then I would just kind of like talk myself out of the feeling and thought to myself, well, it must be because there's wild animals that wander the property. In essence, I kept dismissing the feelings that I had that something was off and someone who didn't quite belong was there. I kept wondering like, okay, is it just my past trauma, like my own history of trauma, or was there something more? And I spent most visits tending to my inner children. That's a practice that I've had for a long time and making connections with my feelings and my trauma. And then also just like dismissing whatever leftover feelings were there until one night I woke up to find a dark shadowy figure hovering right above my body. And I don't mean like I was dreaming and I had a dream about it. I mean, literally I woke up I opened my eyes and there it was right above my face. (laughs) The feeling that someone was like too close for comfort is really what jolted me awake. So I was surprised to see that someone was there. Without even thinking, I closed my eyes and I started to repeat a protection mantra that I know in my heart over and over again. And I waited until I felt like an energetic shift. And then I opened my eyes back up and the shadow was gone. This spirit was gone. As my self-trust in myself, my, my, my self-trust in myself and my attunitive abilities grew over the years, I finally found myself at a crossroads during this visit. I had no doubt that an unwell spirit was hanging out in bothering and terrorizing many of us in the dorm. And I'd seen it like this scenario too many times in my client work. And I was pretty sure the others were feeling the same, but not saying anything. This happens all the time. (laughs) I have done a lot of work over the years. Um, I don't really do it now with the pandemic. And I had slowed down a lot of my in-person work uh, several years ago. But earlier in my practice, I went out to people's houses and I would do clearings. And many times people were having a lot of the same experiences, but not talking about it. And um, so I had a sense, like, I think the same thing's happening here. It just was this intuitive hit I had. So I decided to do something. One morning I, I broke the ice and I said something like, I think... There's a bad spirit haunting the dorm. And when I looked up from my bowl of oatmeal, I saw faces of like relief. And then what came next was both a surprise and affirming for me. And that was that so many, so many women were feeling the same thing and were too shy to say anything. So, overall, when we kind of started sharing all of our stories, the consensus was the same that the presence was male stuck, frustrated, angry, definitely trying to scare us or even if not intentionally trying to scare us, like some sort of sense of like intimidation. And we all agreed that this presence only came at nighttime. So over the next 24 hours after this conversation, I got permission from senior community members to do some serious psychic clearing and release rituals to invite this spirit to move on and to connect to energies that would support them to heal. And after completing some rituals alone that day and then later in community, I was really, really happy and relieved to discover that I and the other women sleeping in the dorm were finally resting soundly, not just that night, but beyond. I'm really grateful that this community was open to talking about this and addressing the complex reality that we were all experiencing, because like I said, so often this happens, and people don't talk about it. And we knew that this spirit was likely confused and frustrated. Maybe they even wanted to transition and leave, but couldn't really figure out how. This is quite common when you have a unwell um, kind of human spirits. That transition after death, and they're kind of sometimes can get lost for a lot of complex reasons. So we knew that could have possibly possibly been a, a reason. So somehow our rituals gave the permission, the energy, or the connections that this spirit needed to, to leave. And that became possible because this community was willing to hold that complexity. But not all spiritual communities are willing to work with this nuance. And not all spiritual communities teach this nuance because many spiritual communities fall into one of two extremes. They either believe all spirit contact is bad, evil should be avoided, or what I call light wash spirit contact is just always love and light. Like it's just all good. No, (laughs) that is not how it works. And that was not any of our experiences in that dorm. It was not love and light, but it also wasn't entirely clear that this energy was evil. It was definitely confused and frustrated, right? So my professional and personal experience taught me that the spirit world includes loving, malevolent, neutral, mischievous, powerful, confused, lost, indifferent spirits, aspects, and energies. Like in other words, the spirit world is, is more complicated than a simple dichotomy of evil versus love. Like it's just, it's not like that. And is it no surprise? I mean, humans are the same. The human community is the same. Even all of us as individuals are complex like that. And that's why I'm passionate about sensitives developing psychic protection skills as they open up to their intuition, because it's not all love and light, people. It's not, but it's also not all bad. So let's talk about that. What is psychic protection? I kind of, this is like how I think about psychic protection. Psychic protection is the practice of creating and maintaining healthy boundaries on the psychic plane, okay, so we're talking about boundaries on the psychic plane, something that a lot of people don't think about. Boundaries is a popular topic these days. Wonderful. I'm so grateful that that's now become a regular part of discourse for most people, but often narrowly focuses on emotional boundaries and boundaries in relationships with others. Now, don't get me wrong. These are important. They are essential, in fact. But so are other boundaries like psychic boundaries, because just like there are unwell people in the human realm, there are unwell energies in the spirit realm. And just like I wouldn't really recommend that you allow just anyone who wants to visit to come into your apartment, I also wouldn't recommend that you allow any spirit that wants to visit or communicate with you to come and visit or communicate. Would you like to be a part of my inner circle, get the opportunity to know me a little bit more and for me to get to know you? How about an opportunity to take what you learn on the podcast and translate it even more practically into your everyday life. Well, if any of that sounds good, I would really like for you to hop on over to my website, www.marcimoberg.com and sign up for my newsletter. I send out regular emails to my newsletter, which is really my inner circle. That's the best way to stay in touch with what I'm up to. And I send out newsletter only practices Uh, whenever I have a new podcast episode, which is an opportunity to really take that week's theme and that week's episode and translate it into your own life. Super easy. You just head on over to my website and you'll find a pop-up window and a link there to be able to join. I can't wait to get to know you better and for you to join my inner circle. We all need psychic protection practices. Unfortunately, many of us did not learn these ancestral skills and wisdom because our ancestors' spiritual practices were broken down due to things like colonization, dominant cultural spiritual practices suppressing our ancestors' practices, sometimes making them illegal. This this has happened really unfortunately like across the globe in different times, and this includes Europe, where indigenous tribes of Europe were pillaged and colonized, you can check out uh, as an example of some of the ramifications of that, like the banning of the Welsh language as a not-too-far example of the way culture, for example, was colonized in Europe. And my own spiritual journey has been this long spiraling process to know some of my genealogical roots, my history, and reweave my own lost ancestral pre-Christian spiritual practices that my ancestors, you know, didn't get to carry at a certain point or became unsafe to continue practicing. So over the years, as I've met with people developing their intuition, they rarely consider psychic boundaries and protection. If you're anything like me, it's not something that you grew up learning. It, It wasn't something I was exposed to. Or even knew was something that one needed to do. In fact, when I discovered that that was important, I was kind of already really, really, like really, really deep in uh, in my experience of intuition, and that made it a little bit overwhelming to have to navigate. So that's why I like to teach. And emphasize psychic protection like right from the beginning when I'm talking to people about intuition. And when we develop our intuition and don't consider these psychic boundaries and protection, this leaves us in a vulnerable state. And as our intuitive channels open and strengthen, the brightness of our being increases and it acts as a beacon in the spirit world. I like to think of this as a you know, like something happens. Like there's like a, the spirit world sees this beacon as we start to kind of open up and connect because the majority of the human population in modern, the modern world, at least I can, I can speak concretely, at least for where I live in the United States, the majority of people are not consciously working with their intuitive channels are not consciously opening up, are actually likely pretty shut down. And so it's like, imagine that you're in a room where a big, big, vast space where there's not a lot of um, light, and then all of a sudden you start to see a flickering in the distance. You're probably going to run to it. (laughs) And that's kind of like what happens. I like to think of it as like in the spirit world, this translates as finally another human ready to intentionally communicate with us, because <laughs> our ancestors did that for a long time, and then, boom, a good chunk of us in this population are not doing it now. So it's a uh, it's like a an excitement I think is my sense that comes on the spirit side, and some of that's beautiful can have some beautiful consequences. Some of it not so great when you don't have psychic protection and boundaries. And on the psychic plane, without boundaries and proper protection, this can be perceived as a big neon sign, like hanging out above your head that says open for business. In other words, without psychic protection and boundaries, we unintentionally signal to the spirit world that we're willing and ready to talk to anyone and anything at any time. (laughs) But please, please, please hear me out. Like we don't want to, I don't want you to, I don't want anyone to talk to just anyone or anything. It's just not a good practice. Or at least even if you do, I just, I don't recommend it because when we leave a big red talk to anyone sign, like willing to talk to anyone sign on in the spirit world, we become potentially overwhelmed by the amount of spirit contact. I can't tell you the number of people I've worked with in my client work and in my classrooms, my online classrooms that have told me that spirits are waking them up like um in the middle of the night. And I found that sometimes that's kind of even touted as like a great thing in some spiritual circles like yay you're getting somewhere if you're getting woken up at like 3am for intuitive messages. And I would say no, because even if you have really wonderful guides, there should be some sense of mutual respect and some boundaries that are kind of like honored on both sides. For that to happen occasionally is one thing, but if it's happening all the time, that's another story. So when we don't have boundaries or protection then that's what can happen and that certainly was the case for me it was you know metaphorically like as if (laughs) because I didn't know there could be things as boundaries and psychic protection for myself when I started intuitively opening up I wasn't even seeking to intuitively open up it started kind of happening on its own as a as a like byproduct of my spiritual practice and then when that started happening more and more and more and more it was like a a, uh, fire hose versus a dripping faucet because I hadn't learned anything about how to regulate that or about boundaries or protection. So I was getting woken up all the time and it just kind of felt like as if every single night I had just like a giant line of spirits outside my door like waiting to talk to me. And it was overwhelming. It is overwhelming when that happens. So this is one reason why we, we need boundaries and protection. As you can tell, by the way, side note, uh, I clearly I'm passionate about this subject because it is something I had to learn, we'll say the hard way, <laughs> and something that was not formally taught to me. So I had to really, really kind of navigate this on my own and learn some things through my uh, spirit guides that I did trust. It was, it was a long process, and when I mean long, I mean like many years process. So that's why I'm really passionate about this. The other thing about not having boundaries is that we can become confused by mixed and conflicting messages. This that's really big and important because just like in our human experience, not you know not every relationship is given. Equal weight. Not everyone's opinion is giving equal weight, right? I suspect that you won't give equal weight to a random stranger's opinion on the street about what you should do with your life uh, versus a very, very deeply trusted and respected friend. So it's kind of like in the same way, if you were to open up without boundaries in psychic protection, it's as if you give everyone who wants to walk by a mic stand, and they can just talk into it. So that's how we can get mixed and conflicting messages. We can also open up to unhelpful merging with unhealthy energies that can affect our mental, emotional, and physical states. I see this happen a lot for people who tend to have strong empathy or even identify as empaths. I think a lot of this is like my own theory that a lot of empaths, I do think some of them have mediumship gifts, like we have mediumship gifts. But that also sometimes can be very overwhelming. And by mediumship, I mean, other consciousnesses merging with us. And when we don't, when we're like, you know, little baby, intuitive newbies, <laughs> We, we don't even want to step in that ring. And even if you have that gift, you might not find that that's really a gift that aligns for you. It could really totally wear you out or overwhelm you. So yeah, that's another thing that can happen. And, and we can end up merging, uh, or allowing other energies to kind of occupy our internal space, our psychic space that are not well, and that can affect us in, in our different states. And then finally, it also opens us up to be vulnerable to unwell energies that may haunt us at night or throughout the day or drain us rather than empower us and teach us and guide us. That's ultimately we're looking to connect with energies, uh, beings that really want to be in alignment with our highest good, want to empower us, teach us, guide us. And and to have like a mutually respective relationship. So if it's not about opening up intuitively without boundaries, then what is it about? And I would say discernment. We need to develop a level of discernment in forming, creating, and maintaining spirit relationships, just like we do with our human relationships. And since so many of us come from ancestral lineages that include trauma and unhealed wounds. We need to tread carefully, mindfully, because sometimes the ones that cause us the most trouble or the most challenges actually are our very own ancestors or our ancestral burdens. So how can you start to tend to your psychic protection? I have three simple suggestions to start laying the groundwork for you. And to begin with the first one, I want you to notice your, your general relationship with boundaries in your life. How are your boundaries with your inner critic? Uh, how are the boundaries with key relationships in your life? When you interact with new people, are you clear on what is and what is not a healthy boundary? That's like a first place to start. <laughs> like if I'm talking to you in this podcast about boundaries and you're like, yeah, 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 boundaries, boundaries. And then I were, you know, we would be sitting across from each other having tea, and I would say, "Okay, cool. Well, what is a healthy boundary for you?" And you're like, but "I don't know. I don't know what a healthy boundary looks like." Okay, well, that's important. That's a that's an important place to start. So many sem- sensitives and empaths I know have porous boundaries, with little, inconsistent or no boundaries. <laughs> so it's like, uh. The way that I talk about this with clients is when we have these porous boundaries in our relationships, it can create porous boundaries on the astral field, on the psychic field. So it's like it translates energetically. And if this is you, I recommend then starting by learning skills to create healthy boundaries on the human plane first. This provides a really strong grounded boundary practice that can serve as an important bridge when you move into the intuitive world. I also believe that it helps to start to, it doesn't take care of all of it, but it helps to start to make some repairs to the astral field, the the psychic energetic field, psychic energetic body. And after all, how we show up in relationships with humans mirrors how we show up in the spirit world. And that's why I always incorporate boundary and shadow work in all of my work, period. Like so important. The second suggestion I have for you is to pay attention to your dreams. If you've been hanging out with me on this podcast for a while, you probably know I love dreams and dream work is a big spiritual practice for me personally. And it's also a big part of my work. So, Do you dream, for example, of a scary spirit or a monster in your room? Do you dream of like a yucky energy coming out of your fireplace? Pay attention to these dreams. They may have different meanings, but often I find that when people dream of dark energies, unwell spirits, monsters in their physical, like actual real space, this can be an important step. It can be important to take the message literally at first, and then focus on clearing the energy of the physical space as a starting point. So you want to, if you have those dreams, I want to invite you to take it as a literal message, like a literal message from your guides, a literal message from your psychic self, your soul self saying like, Hey, I just want you to know This energy is hanging out in your space. And we're kind of trying to provide a little viewfinder for you to figure that out. That's generally where I recommend you start. The next one is this last third one is really, really important. It sounds basic, but I actually find it's extremely hard for people. (laughs) When you really, really do it right, it takes a lot of practice It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of time, but it is an important skill to learn, I would say, regardless of whether you're trying to create psychic protection or not. And that is staying grounded in your body and owning your psychic space and having an awareness of what is happening in your psychic space is a cornerstone of psychic protection. And grounding is the foundation that empowers you to start to own your psychic space. So to begin to own your psychic space, you first need to notice when you are and when you are not connected to your body. And I often ask this to people and they really, really like with genuine, genuine belief, believe that they are grounded and in their body all the time. But when I really like slow it down and I say like, okay, great, uh, describe sensation for me that's happening in your body right now, like what's happening in your feet, a lot of times people will say, I don't know. Right. Because you're not fully in your body. And that's okay. There's no judgment. It's just important to really know where are we are we really in contact with the body? Are we really in contact with the physical sensation? Are we really aware of the subtle tingling in the feet or not? Are we aware of the fact that we've maybe left our body and gotten kind of stuck up in our heads or maybe even dissociating and numbing out? Like as if you just kind of checked out somewhere else, almost like your spirit is floating above your body. This is important information. If so, It's important to learn how to anchor yourself into your body and how to stay there more often. If you want to dive deeper into psychic protection, I share very specific psychic protection techniques, and we go much deeper into this topic in my intuition program, Intuition Unlocked, formerly called Intuition 101, and doors open for enrollment next month. And the best way to know when you can sign up is by joining my newsletter, which you can do at the link in the show notes here or on my website. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed this episode, please screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Marcy Moberg, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B-E-R-G. I really, really, really love to hear from listeners and how episodes land for them. So I'd love for you to share next week. We are continuing our intuition unlocked series. And our next topic is decoding feelings as a sensitive person. This is when I get asked about all the time. <laughs> and this is like one, like if I were to break my work into like one, like three thirds, like three pillars, this is one of the pillars of all aspects of my work, because it's so important. So it's going to be a really juicy one, and I'm answering a listener question, which I'm really excited about. And so you want to make sure that you don't miss this episode. Make sure that wherever you're listening right now that you hit subscribe so you don't miss it and you're able to check it out next week when it's released. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful day, night, drive, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this right now. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I am so grateful for you and every single listener out there. This podcast is really, really a labor of love. And I hope that you feel that from me. It is, um, yeah, it's it's one way that I feel like I can really, really be of service. So I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am making it. And of course, I want to leave you with my favorite personal mantra, which is remember that being you takes courage. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In With Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.